Hello and welcome to The Joe Mobley Show. I'm your host, Joe Mobley, and you're listening to the only place in cyberspace where we talk about being conservative. We hit on current events, the politically correct cancel culture, and problems with civil discourse. But most importantly, we discuss what you can do to come out of the conservative closet. The Joe Mobley Show is a new and exciting podcast that airs weekly on Monday mornings. We have a range of controversial topics on deck. Even so, it's important that we hear from you what matters most. Be sure to send questions, comments, and things you'd like to hear discussed to ask at thejoemobleyshow.com. That's ask at thejoemobleyshow.com. To make sure you stay informed on the latest content, be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Welcome back to the Joe Mobley Show Live. I am Joe Mobley, your host. And tonight we've got an awesome episode. As usual, we've got some returning guests, the one and the only Gary Benford and longtime friend of the show, Demis Christophe. Guys, I am glad to be back live with you. We do have baby boy Gabriel, and uh, he's a couple weeks old, and mom and baby are doing great. Thank you so much for everyone who watched and engaged with those pre-recorded episodes that I did. Uh, And just another shout out to those guests. They really coordinated with me to help me to get something to put out to you all. Uh, So... My show would go on interrupted. Uh, so thanks to them. Thanks to you. Let's get into the show. Gary Benford Dimas, how are you guys? I'm doing fine, Joe, and thanks for having me back. Doing great. Can I make a comment, Joe? Uh, I love your title, your title of Fireproof Faith. But I must say, my faith is not fireproof. Uh, I, I'm only, I'm only, you know, righteous or anything that you would call anything a person of faith, a believer, only through the imputed righteousness of Christ. And uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says, therefore, let him who thinks he stand take heed lest he falls. And, you know, the enemy oh, is yeah. always after us. Like, and he's, the, the, your most vulnerable times are when you're down really low and he'll say, yeah, give it up, give it up. God's not coming through for you. Or when you've got a big blessing or a big victory and you're, you think you're on top of the world. So I understand my faith is only as, as, as strong as my obedience and, and staying close to my Savior. Awesome. That is why I want you back on the show. We just, the panel show was awesome. It was a good time, but it was difficult to to get into the meat of some of these things. And and the guests, I don't know if you saw the comments. Obviously, you don't see the emails and messages like that. Uh, but the guests absolutely loved you. I was like, people are going to watch this episode just because Gary Benford's in it. Uh, and like you said, not because anything to do with Gary Benford, but like this guy is bringing the truth that is the word of Jesus. And people are afraid to do it. And, and here you are, and Demis, and, and lots of people, especially on the internet, you know, the world does not like the name of Christ. You can peddle anything else, any other doctrine, any other theology, and they don't care, which is a clue, folks. Right. That's called a clue. But you shout the name of Jesus, and everyone is up in arms. Everyone's got something to say. And you said so many things that just blew my mind. I'll bring one or two of them up uh, in in the episode. Uh, one of them's just been ringing in my mind a lot uh, for weeks now. It's been no, no, Joe. That wasn't that wasn't what I said. That's your and congratulations on your new baby. That's the baby ringing in your ears. That's what, that's what you're hearing. <laughs> Maybe. Oh my goodness. It's not me. It's, it's Bambino. Number what? Four? <laughs> Number four, yeah. Amen. Amen. That's a blessing. He just caught up to me. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Man, it's been a wild ride. Dennis, I see you all the time. I saw you the other day at the Latin County School Board. And God bless your brother for being out there in the cold with us. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm fired up again. So <laughs> I uh, uh, I went I went in there. I I don't I don't take notes with me. I just say what's on my mind, and uh, I just let them have it, man. It, 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 it's well deserved, and I wish I had more time. <laughs> and, oh yeah, uh, you already know what's going on. It's uh, I mean it, this this is national 
news at this point. Anything happens, we're ground zero. Everything happens here and it just spreads. It's been spreading, which I'm very happy about that. Very happy that it's been spreading all over the nation and, and parents are standing up. It's Enough is enough. Absolutely. So that's one of the main points of this episode. It's that as a believer, we have a responsibility. Everyone talks about duty, civic duty. Uh, maybe that manifests in voting. Maybe that manifests in, in demanding accountability, writing letters, whatever that manifests in. But us as believers and the community of believers out in the nation, from Loudoun County all the way to the other side of the country, there, there are believers everywhere. We have a duty, and that's that's why uh, that last episode was called The Role of the Believer or Responsibility. I forget what it was called. Um, and, you know, I just felt like some things got left on the table, and I'm sure that you gentlemen felt the same way. So, Gary, Gary, what do you got for us? I know you, you distilled a couple of thoughts for us about what it is that we need to be doing. Um, you brought us some truth about what it means to be a follower of Christ. Um, and if you want to recap that, I don't know, it might be a different audience here, uh, then feel free. Uh, but the floor is yours, my friend. Well, it all starts, it, there's, a, there's, a, there's a very important thing we have to understand. If you don't buy into Genesis 1-1, just burn your Bible and forget about it. You know, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. If you don't believe that, if you don't believe that God created everything, then this conversation is basically meaningless for you because you won't understand where truth comes from. You see, the, the problem we have in this nation and the problem you have anywhere around the world is where do you get your truth from? Does your truth come the mainstream media? Does it come from your friends? Does it come from hearsay? Does it come from tradition? If God started everything and there was nothing before God, all truth emanates from God. Zero. That's it. There's nothing else. So only you want to know where the truth is, you go to his word, you go to the Bible. We fell. This earth fell. Adam and Eve, when they ate of the forbidden fruit, they sent, brought sin into the world turn this over into a fallen society where everybody that comes through uh, through birth of a woman is born in sin. And that's why Jesus went to the cross. God sent his son, you know, God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, brought him here to pay a price we can't pay. Once you understand that, then you understand that everybody in the world, regardless of what religion they're in, are in bondage. They're in bondage and they can't get out of it. Only Jesus can set you free. He sets you free, not only from sin, but all types of bondage. And because of that, you can live free. Now, this country was birth free under Judeo-Christian values. That's what the Constitution was all about, for us to have freedom. Now you say, well, the founding fathers are slaves and this and this and that. Yeah, but everybody is still fallen individuals. We're still in sin. You know, we're not perfect anymore. So people are going to do bad things. But the bottom line is, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ now, you belong to him. You're no longer black or white or Asian or whatever race you were. You're no longer male or female. You're no longer rich or poor. That's no longer what defines you. Those are man-made definitions. You are now defined as a believer, a follower of the way, somebody that belongs to Christ. And your marching orders, your playbook now is the Holy Bible. So that's where I come from. And because of that, there are two things that a believer must do. Number one, you're commanded to go and make disciples. In other words, tell people that Jesus is the only way. If Jesus is not the only way, then he lied. He can't pay, he can't pay for his own sins, much less ours. Again, it's gone. And we're supposed to make disciples and bring people to Christ. That's number one. But he also told us we were to be salt and light because we're the only ones that really have the truth. So if we're not being salt and light, then the world gets dark. And that's why we're in the situation we're in. See, when evolution was being taken out of the, put into the schools at the expense of creation and the Bible being taken out of the schools as believers, as salt and light, that was the time to go down and the pastors of the PTA association were supposed to go down. No, this isn't happening. Same thing with abortion. 
Same thing with perverting God's, God's plan for marriage. If believers were salt and light, we would have never found our way to where we are. However, the Marxists, you know, communists, they've been trying to take this country over for 100 years, and they, they, they infiltrated the church, they infiltrated Hollywood, they infiltrated the unions, they infiltrated the schools, academia, they infiltrated everything and started to twist things around, discredit the Bible, take the Bible out, take all the truth of God out, get it, they've gotten it out of the schools, they've got it out of government, and they've got it out of the workplace. So people just think what they see here now with all this communists and Marx and everything that Karl Marx has started, they just think this is normal. It's not. So we've got to go back to be salt and light. If we had been salt and light, we wouldn't have to be political because it would have never gotten this far. But because we weren't, now we're in the sauce. We've got to pray to God to get us out of it. But now, now we're going to have to fight to get our country back. We've got to get political. Okay. Yeah, we are in the sauce for sure. <laughs> and people say, Joe, why do you need to be a political activist? I said, I'm not a political activist. What, what do you mean you're not a political activist? I said, no, I, I stand on the truth. That's it. I, if you say there, there's no such thing as a boy or a girl, I'm going to say, no, that's not true. It's not a political statement. Uh, and I tell people this, I, I'm not an apologeticist, but I, I love to get into a philosophical or theological discussion, debate, whatever you want to call it, because I don't want to be right. I want to be living in accordance with what is true. I believe that the Bible is true. Spoiler alert, it is. Uh, but I can stand on it from beginning to end, from the garden to, you know, that last verse in Revelation. I, 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 I don't know everything in there, uh, but I know the justification for my faith and why X, Y, or Z. Um, so wanting to be in accordance with what is true, I think is just like what you said. We should have been salt and light when the opportunity first presented itself, because now it seems like we're political activists. It's like, no, no, no. You know, we're, we're still standing on that firm foundation, the truth, the rock. That, that's it. Like God is so many things, love and gracious, but God is truth. Everything about him is true. There's like you said, if he had sinned, he couldn't have been the sacrifice for us all if Jesus had sinned. So I can't stop. <laughs> Every day, someone today, I was at a thing today and someone said, you know, well, why do you do this? Why do you need to be a political activist? And I said, false, fake news. I'm not a political activist. I'm a follower of Jesus, and I speak the truth. If I think something needs to be said, something needs to be said by me, and something needs to be said right now. And unfortunately, in today's time, all three of those things is all the time. Well, Joe, if you look at look at what happened, let's go back to the garden. See, first off, the big the first mistake, Adam didn't protect his woman, and she wasn't called Eve yet; she was still called woman. He, he was the head of the household. If, if there's going to be any talking to anybody, it's, it, it should have been to him. See, and the problem was the, the, the snake or Satan, he doesn't give you a lie per se. He doesn't necessarily want to give you a flat out lie. All he wants to do is get you to, uh, to put a shred of doubt into what God said. Now, God said, if you eat from that tree, you'll surely die. And See, and, and, and Satan goes, well, he won't die. You know, he, you see, he does, he's, he's always trying to put a shred of doubt. And this is what's happened with us. Like once the truth of God has been taken out of the schools, out of the workplace, and out of the government, where is it? It's in behind the walls of the church. And as believers now, you're going to struggle to be salt and light in public. So people come up to you and say, your truth is your truth, and my truth is my truth. There's no such thing. There is the truth. And all he wants to do is put a little doubt. Well, you sure Jesus is the only way? Well, how come there's Muslims, Hindus, and Buddhists? And Jews? And is God going to send all of those people to heaven? No, he's not saying we're born in sin. We're all born. We're heading there. We got we to gotta get, the, get the ticket out of there. See, he's always trying to put doubt in people's mind. And the problem is so many people now have no idea 
what's in the Bible, what's in the word of God. They don't know truth when they hear it. And when you don't know truth when you hear it, you'll buy a lie because it sounds good and appeals to your flesh. Mm-hmm. So Demis, you are no stranger to the fight. You're at all the places doing all the things on social media, but even where it counts in person. Uh, not even like this, but boots on the ground, face-to-face interactions. Obviously, you've gotten some pushback. I'm certain that you have, probably with work, probably with friends, family members that you've had. What do you think that the the chief issue facing believers who are thinking about doing what we're doing, who are thinking about challenging the status quo, thinking about saying no, that thing is not true. I understand that you have feelings about it, uh, but still that thing is not true. What's the chief challenge facing people who they want to come out on the boat with us, but they're still afraid? What, what challenges are they facing and how do we get them to just, hey, let go, just come on, the water's fine? I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I, I've had very little pushback from almost anybody that I know. Um only because they know my attitude, they know how I present myself. Um, they everybody knows I'm very blunt. If I if something's on my mind, I'm gonna tell you. If it hurts your feeling, oh well. Um, now, I've had friends who distance themselves from me. Um, you know, these are like long term friends. 15, 20 years, they, you know, they, they're, they're going about themselves. They don't want to deal with what I have to say or what I'm doing, which is fine. Everybody got their own lives. I, I'm not going to judge. Um, uh, as far as people who, see, you, you got to realize it's good to have differences of opinions. It's good to have people who challenge your ideas as well as like us challenging them. So if we don't have that, then the system it will it will it won't sustain itself. You need challenge. You need people that have different style of thinking. And um, you also have to look at the way, look at the transition, where we were at to where we are now, and how that shift has changed the livelihood of a lot of people, not just us, not just people who are conservative, not just people who are very faithful, not everybody. Because it's affecting all faiths, not just Christianity. So when I say the things I say, I want pushback. I want them to come and challenge me and tell me why you're thinking that way. That's not... I want them to say, well, I did this because of this and this and this. And that's when I have to ask them, why did you do it? Why? But they don't come forward. And when it comes down to people who, who think like us, who are, who, who, who are believers, who are, who are Christian, who, who, who are not that faithful, but they, they practice Christianity as just a regular Christian. So that they're, they're not really involved into religion and all that stuff. Um, so you get, uh, a lot of people don't have the drive, don't have the the charisma to come out and speak. They 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 have a lot of fear in them. They have a fear of if I say the wrong thing, I might lose my group of friends. I might lose my circle. I might be pushed out of my circle. I might be pushed out of you know thirty years of. Uh, life that I've built for myself, I might be pushed out of that. So that fear itself drives people to be either silent, uh, either uh, not to get involved with anything, just keep their heads down, go about their lives, go to work, come home, watch their TV and go to sleep and not do nothing, do nothing, basically. So the challenges are there. Uh, this is not just with this society. It's it's worldwide. It's the same way. It's it's just human nature. You're not gonna see everybody coming out and screaming and yelling and 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 fighting for what they want. Majority of people will stay silent. 
And in one way, that's a very, very bad thing. In another way, it could be a good thing for some people. So the challenge, you know, you have to be able to give them that uh, confidence that if they say something, it's not going to come with a backlash against them. So when I first went on to the school board meeting and I screamed at them, I cleared my head. I said, this definitely is going to come with a backlash. And, we've we've know, got the video. It's still in StreamYard. <laughs> I mean, and I said, you know what? I don't care. Bring it on. I'm not scared. I, I, you know, if these people want to cancel me, I'm going to cancel them first. I, that, that's the attitude I went in with. And that's the same attitude I still have. I'm, I'm the same way I worked and I'm right here that I talk to you guys. I'm the same way. I speak the same language. I, I spit out the same slurs. I spit out the same words. Uh, attitude is the same. I, I don't have a filter. Everybody, everybody who's around me and knows me knows I don't have a filter. If, if I see something's not quite right, I will say something. At the same time, if I make a mistake, I'm going to own up to it. I'll say, yes, I made a mistake. And that's the thing. A lot of people say something and they, they're so stubborn and they're stuck by it and they don't want to back off. And this is why you have a lot of a lot a lot of conflict going around. Is because nobody wants to back down. Nobody wants to admit guilt. Nobody wants to admit fault. And this is where issues are rising at this point. Is because now everybody is becoming stubborn. Everybody is saying I am right and you're wrong. And this is why we have a division. Because people have been programmed at this point. They're programmed to stand their ground. Don't back down. I'm right. You're wrong. You're wrong. I'm right. And that's it. There's no middle ground anymore. There's no one willing to participate. No one's willing to talk. No one's willing to communicate. It's just either left or right. And that's it. There's nothing in the middle. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we get that all the time. Um, I'm going to jump back to the people you were saying. There's some people that they're just afraid. Uh, they, they don't want to deal with the conflict and stuff. And that... That kind of leads into, uh, Gary, I'm going to throw it back to you. That thing that you said, man, it's been ringing in my mind because it, it, it was one of those moments like pastor says something, theologian says something, and you're like, boom, that was nothing but the truth. I got to write that down. Um, you said God has an opinion about everything, and it's just like, does it get any simpler than that? God who created the universe has an opinion about everything and we don't have to think about it because he wrote it down and sent it to us. We can see what it is. And I'm just like, come on, come on, Gary. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. Uh, as you notice, if you, and you, you, thank you again for uh, bringing me on because this is the second time and I'm able to just throw a little bit more out there. But if anybody heard me the first time on Joe's show, uh, I take it all back to the garden because what we're living is the twilight zone. What we're living is fantasy land, fantasy island. This doesn't exist, people. Yeah, we're here, but this isn't real life as God intended it. The life that God intended was in the garden before the fall. When the animals were their friends, when you didn't have to work other than till the garden and nothing died. Okay? See, and God and his truth was the only truth. There wasn't any debating. There wasn't any of this, your truth or my truth. And guess what? That's the way it's going to be in heaven. There will be one way and one truth. It's not going to be my truth. It's not going to be your truth. It's God's truth. All of this that we're, that we're confronted right here is either truth, as God sees it, or it comes from the kingdom of darkness. And that's why there's no way to really settle some of these discussions. Now, what ends up happening is it's, it's good to, I wouldn't use the word debate, it's good to let people put out their points of view. And we have a whole bunch of different ones. The bottom line is what's going on around the world that isn't good is if you put out points of view, both of you may not be right, right? 
I mean, both of you may be wrong, but you both can't be right. And the problem is when you put out points of view, you're supposed to come to a conclusion and somebody's supposed to change their mind. And that's not what's happening. See, and we know we stand by truth. I don't put out my opinion. I, I have a lot of people. I remember I had a, 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 a supervisor and she she asking me things at work. And I, I tell her and she say, well, why are you bringing God into it? Why you, I want to hear what you have to say. I say, I'm telling you what I have to say. I have to say what God has to say because that's where I get my marching orders. I'm in that book. That is my marching orders. When I was in the world, they, you know, I went by the way of the world. Okay, but now that I belong to Christ, I go by the way of Christ. And you can talk to people, and why you don't get pushback is because they really can't fight truth. They can't fight the truth of God. What they can do is yell and scream and walk away from you, or you know, go into to delusion mode and come up with uh, some crazy ideas, but, but they really can't fight it. And I do wanna say one thing about, about why you you know I really don't get much pushback either. A lot of people that knew me when I was a sports writer, a lot of people that knew me when I managed Dwayne Kerr, the funky flute man on D-Man's music, a lot of people that knew me back in my past before I got born again in 1997 knew me to be highly egotistical, very selfish about myself. And they all saw the change. Even the ones that don't want to admit it, they know they know something. They know I'm not the same person I used to be, and they know I couldn't make these changes in myself. So it's the light of Christ that shines. You know, like if you're going to live your life for Christ with Him living through you, and that that's my prayer every day that that He'll remove me and 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 let people hear me. And every time I do my my radio show, I say the same thing. My prayer is remove me and let them hear what you want said through my vocal cords. And, and I, you know, I try my best to honor him and to honor his word. And that's where the strength comes from. That's where the power comes from. That's where the ability comes from to boldly proclaim the gospel. It's not me, people. Trust me. It's him living in me. And that's what we need to do. And we need to start. You know, I've been working at this for a, for a long period of time. If this is something you haven't been doing, just start. You know, you, you'll take baby steps. You, 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 won't, you won't be John the Baptist over the night, overnight. But you get a chance to start. And, and when, once you start, God will grow you and teach you and, and move you along the way to where, if you, if you want to get involved this way, that you can be used to be salt and light in public. Or even in the fear of your own family, your workplace, you know, the gym you go to, the bowling alley, the guys you hang out with, the women you, you, in, in your, that you talk to, that's our mission field. Start at home. Mm-hmm. So there's another group of people, and they're, they're tough to deal with because they are believers, and we have this difference of opinion and they've they've latched onto a lie, and I'll tell you what the lie is. But I'm interested in what you guys, you know, how you deal with these people. I'm sure you have them in your life, in your church, and in, in, in your that small even group of that's your circle of influence. Um, and if you've got any advice, because I do get questions from surprise, the majority, a lot of my listeners are believers. Most all of my listeners are conservative. The liberals that lost the show, God bless you. Thank you so much for watching the show. I really appreciate it, and I appreciate the messages that you send me. Um, but those people are these. We shouldn't be engaging in this pushback because it's offensive, because it's hateful, because people don't like it. And they'll say something that is it's some kind of, you know, I don't want to say false doctrine. It is. It's a weird doctrine that as a Christian, we shouldn't be offensive. The, the name of Christ offends all over the globe. So I don't get how they came to that conclusion. Um, but I'm curious, you know, one, are you running into these people, these Christians? And, and two, if you've got any tricks of the trade on how you deal with them, how you reach them, how you shepherd them along to know the, the truth of God's word, God's word, the truth is offensive to non-truth. It's offensive to liars. It's offensive to people that are snuggling with sin, not struggling with sin, as uh, Pastor Robert Smith would say. Uh, but any tricks you guys have for dealing with those people or any messages that you'd like to deliver uh, to that individual, what do you got? 
Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Um, I, I just tell them life as a whole is offensive. You can't live your life if everything offends you. So if you walk down the road and you don't like somebody because of what they're wearing, that's offensive to you, where you're going to control the entire world because something doesn't align with your, uh, with your belief or with your, uh, with your ideology. I, 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 and, and look, this is the problem we have. This is, this is why we have cancel culture now. It's because people are being hurt for somebody else. Their feeling is being is their feelings is getting hurt for somebody else, and that somebody else could care less about what that offensive thing is. So in their head, they're making up this thing that somebody is saying something or doing something. It's offensive to these group of people, but that group of people have completely different ideology and vision. That group of people don't think that's offensive. It's the same thing with the Dave Chappelle thing that's been going on. Netflix people are offended, but yet there's a large group of people who say Dave Chappelle is funny. I don't see it as offensive. That's his content. That's his, that's his way of expressing his feelings. If you don't want to listen to that guy, switch the channel. Go somewhere else. But yet you have a group of people who think that this product or this item or this content is hurting this other group and this other group can care less or has no idea what the hell is happening. And that's, that's the problem. How you approach these people, it's tough. Because... You are dealing with an ideology. You're dealing with a mentality that's already been programmed to think this way. So if you, if you, uh, like, like Gary, he was, he said he was born again in 97, correct? Yes. And before that, you were not the same person. You were, you were, you, you, you said like you were aggressive, you were, you were arrogant. You were no, this, I wasn't you were aggressive. That. I was, I wasn't aggressive, but I was arrogant. I was my God. I, I me myself and I'm right. So the, selfish, the super ego. If I may say, if that's if that's a correct term, selfish, would that be very selfish? Like if you had something that um like if you could help advance my career or if you had something or if you could if you brought something to the table, you know, you're you know, I, I you know, I was really messed up. You I didn't know it at the time. It cost me marriage. You know, it cost me, so, you know, it, it, it just almost, it actually almost cost me my life because um, I, I, I'm so ambitious. It just, I just almost went off the rails. So. Right. So, so as Gary said, he didn't realize he was doing it because that's how he was programmed. He self-consciously, he thought he was doing the right thing for himself. And there's a, there's a transition in life that happens where Gary went through, and at one point he changed because he thought that's not the way it should be and that's not the way I need to be dealing with how I'm doing things in my life. So that changed things for him. But it took him that long to realize it. We have to be the same way. We have to realize, okay, so these little kids, you know, these 20-year-olds who are screaming... You know, racism, sexism, transphobic, this, this, this. So they've been programmed to think that way. They've been programmed that anything that that says anything about the LGBTQ or anything about the black people or anything about the Asian people is offensive, regardless of what it is. Even if it's the truth, even if it's fact, it's offensive. Let's cancel it. We don't want to, we don't want to hear it anymore. It's, it hurts our feeling because it's talking about that group and I care about that group. Whether that group cares that is offending them or not, that's not the point. That group can, can continue to say, hey, dude, that doesn't offend me. Stop saying it offends me. Stop saying it. It does not offend me. They don't care. These, these group of people who are programmed to think that everything is offensive, they're going to continue screaming and yelling and 
you know, yelling all the derogatory stuff that they say, it's offensive. I don't care what this group says anymore because that's not my concern. I want to get my point across because I want to cancel this thing because this group might get hurt, even though they're saying they're not hurt or it's not bothering them. Mm-hmm. So it's, not, it's all about how they've been programmed. It's all about, and again, it starts from home. Everything starts from home. You spend more time at home than you spend outside when you're a young kid. So when you come home and this is how your livelihood is, you're going to grow up that way. Now, there are people who grow up at home, but the influence is outside of the home. When they come home, they're a completely different person. They don't show the influences that they gain outside. And this is why we're having issues in schools is because now the schools are turning into a program. We're, we're, we're getting to the schools. The, the last part of the show, <laughs> he, he read the script in my mind. <laughs> But real quick, Gary, uh, I don't want to call them squishy Christians, but I don't have a better word for them. Well, uh, as you know, the, the first two things, the first time I was on the show, I said we have to define uh, what, a, what a Christian uh, like. See, there's a lot of people who are Christians to go to church, but they're not born again. See, if you're born again, the, the spirit of the Lord's inside of you, and that will lead you how to see each individual. The thing I wanted to say is, when I when I when I was growing up and in the world, uh, and everybody does this pretty much. You have idols, and you know God says you're not supposed to have idols, but you have idols, and you mm-hmm. you, you pattern yourself. I couldn't play basketball worth a darn, and people that know me will know that. But I'm out there trying to pattern my game after Earl Monroe spinning and trying to you know deep people off out of their sneakers. Uh, James Brown was my guy. James Hall, I wanted to look like. I'm going to sound like James Brown. I could do every dance he could do. I did his screams. And, you know, and people even at the party said, do James Brown. So I'll do the mashed potatoes. See, once you come to Christ, and this is what I tell people, follow your leader. Follow your leader. Who is your leader? Your leader is Christ. So you look and see what did he do? He told the truth. And the truth offends. What did he say he did? He said, I came and I brought a sword. I brought a sword. I brought a sword that will divide truth from error. Those that belong to the kingdom of of, of heaven and those that belong to the kingdom of darkness. And the members of your own family who won't get saved will become your enemies. He told us. He told us if you follow me, you will face persecution. It doesn't mean you're going to put up on a cross. Or like in some countries, you see what happens. And if we let these these liberals keep going this way, they're going to eventually try and take us to that point. But the bottom line is people are going to call you names. See, we're in an era of cultural Marxism. And that is where, you know, they've changed the language because they couldn't get us to take, they couldn't take over the country by revolution. So now they're doing it through language and changing the culture. So that anything of Western culture and Christianity is bad. Anything of the left, of progressivism, anything of communism, socialism, Marxism, that's good. See, but we're not just bad, we're evil. See, so what ends up happening is what I try and tell people is follow your leader. Understand what Jesus did. Understand that you will offend. Understand that God is truth, but he's also first love. And love is telling somebody what they need to hear. It does me no good if I have a friend who's a homosexual or a lesbian to tell them that that is acceptable to God. You know, if you love them, you have to tell them the truth. And the truth offends. A lot of truth offends. But the truth is the truth. And the only way to get into God's heaven is to be able to bow your knee, repent, and accept the truth of God. And and that's what we've got to do. Tell it to them in love. And just tell them, if they say, well, you're offending me. I said, look, I'm following Christ. See, because they all don't want to pick on Jesus. Jesus said the same things we said. And he got a lot worse than we got. He ended up tacked to a cross, okay? See, but he told the truth. And and if you're a believer, God, through the Holy Spirit, will lead you to see in a particular person when to hold them, when to fold them, how far to go. Maybe this isn't the person to talk to at this time. There's a woman 
I'm going to mention this woman's name. I've never mentioned her name on, and I may get a little bit emotional here. Back in 1975, when I was working at the newspaper Newsday, fresh, fresh out of college, there was a woman in the library that tried to get me to go to church, and I wanted to date her. And she had been a party girl back in the day. Her name is Melva Robinson, and she tried to witness to me. And I wasn't hearing it because I'm trying to be in the world and I have my Playboy Club key and I'm trying to be a player, not a bad player, but a player. OK, and so and I'm in the world. I've, I'm a sports writer. I'm traveling around with all these sports teams and the world was my oyster. I just want her to know in 1997, after I had lost everything, after God took everything I thought was precious to me, I heard the voice and I repented and I gave my heart and soul to him. I want her to know. What she did in 1975, the seeds she planted, they came to fruition. And a lot of times when you give the truth, you may not see the fruit, but in heaven, you will get to see that person. You know, everybody that goes, that's going to make it to heaven. You'll see a lot of people there that you talk to along the way that didn't respond, but somewhere down the line, if they, if, if they were meant to hear the voice, they're going to hear it. As Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. You'll eventually follow the voice of Christ. Hey, I, I had a lady ask me to go to Bible study almost weekly for a decade. And I said, no, almost weekly for a decade. <laughs> had an experience as a child. I said, I'm never stepping foot in the church again. I'm not getting married in the church, not being buried in the church, nothing. And then, of course, I, end up, I went to Liberty, I ended up working for a church. I've been a, a worship pastor. My, my plan was, was crap. <laughs> it turned out God had a different plan. Um, man, that's an awesome story, Gary. Uh, so we just got a little bit left. I know that education is a passion for both of you guys. Uh, Demis, we've seen you screaming it at the school board about this education versus indoctrination. Uh, and, and Gary, you had mentioned to me uh, a time or two that this, this education issue is essential. It's, it's what's being taught to, to students. It's what's shaping the, the character of the individuals that are going out to participate in society and lead this country. Um, you know, and I, I just ask both of you just why why education? Why has that been placed on your heart? And what do we need to be doing uh, in the American education system? You know, it's interesting. If you look for education in the Bible, the only thing really in there is where God says, raise your kids in the way of the Lord, and they won't depart from it. See, the bottom line is the educational system, as it is set up in this country, is Marxist. It's run by communists. They started infiltrating through the Frankfurt School. We could go way, way back even before that. But they took over. They took over and started taking over in the 50s and, and started changing the curriculum. And, the, and almost all the co colleges, the majority of the college, tenure college professors are stone-cold Marxists. Some of them are communists. And they're teaching an, a different agenda. What they do, first off, they teach, they teach religion from the standpoint of all types of religion. They throw all these religions in there with Christianity, and they don't tell you, they may, as if they're all valid and if they're all equal, like you can pick one and God's going to be fine with that. But if you go back to the K through 12, once you took the Bible and once you took creation out of the schools, now you're left with evolution, you're left with the Big Bang, and if there is no God and if there is no creator, then there is no judgment and there is no truth which means now you can make up your own truth. Your truth is as good as somebody else's truth. And that's why, as Dennis said, was saying, you got these people saying, well, this is my truth and that's my truth. And this is just, see, and that's the problem. The educational system is bankrupt. As I would tell people, like a lot, most people on my guess, if you can homeschool, homeschool. If you can't try and find, uh, you know, oh gosh, the, the, these public schools, they're, they're terrible. Then you go and spend 40, 40, you know, 25, $40,000 a year to, to go turn them into Marxists. And here's the problem with the school also. You, you, you tell kids, you know, you tell them to listen to your teacher and learn, but they're teaching them Marxism. They're teaching them everything that is contrary to the way of God and the way of the Bible. 
including the economics, the way you come out, get a, get, get a FICO, get a debt so you can get a FICO score or not. No, 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 you don't want to do that. What you, the, the, the borrower is slave to the lender. You don't want to go that way. It's all in the Bible, but guess what? They've taken the Bible out of school. And by the way, how many times the parents said to me, why isn't God protecting our kids in school? I said, you booted them out. You booted them out of school. See, mm. you're welcome there. And that's what I said on Tuesday. That we're gonna we're gonna take the kids out of the school so the the system will crumble on on itself, let it crash. Because uh, earlier, before the public comment segment started, they were talking about how enrollment has dropped and how much of their budget they've lost. Oh, people are pulling their kids. Gary, I don't know if you saw. Uh, was it Lavin? Lavin just lost two million. Mm-hmm. Lavin so, just lost $2 million of funding uh, for our schools. And I say, great. Hey, Good. Attorney General Merrick Gar- that school board memo, like, you know, we got to crack <laughs> down on these parents that are, that are you know, going against our Marxist school teachers and school board. And by the way, what you need to do is, you know, run for school board. It's not that hard. You, you can win by, by like 10, 11,000 votes. We need to get a lot of these people off because the, the people on the school board determine the curriculum. It, it's funny because I saw I saw an interview today with uh, Brenda, who, who she's the she's the head of the school board or uh, I don't know what her title is, but she's she she's about, the chairman or the chairwoman. Who, who knows hey, hey, these days? Be, be careful. She's the chair. <laughs> no, uh, political correctness does not go She's here. The chair. <laughs> uh, what do you want to say? She's the chair. And she was saying, you know, parents come out and complain and yell, you know, because it's a political thing and, you know, we have an election. And, you know, at the time it, it was the presidential election. And, and you know, I, I don't, uh, and now she was talking about now how the election's going on the governor election and she's like i don't even know why there's a tie it shouldn't even be a tie at this point so we already knew which way she's leaning and yeah she's terrible and that's the thing when you when you take these seats when you when you go in as being a school board you should not be a partisan hack you should be bipartisan you should not you should not you should not be political period this the, the school board position should not be a political position. And I think anybody in that seat, their kids have to be, by, by law, they need to be in the public school system for the district they're representing. Their kids have to be in that school system. No private well, school. No I, I, couldn't, school. I couldn't run because my kids aren't stepping foot in one of those schools. <laughs> Like my kids are in public school. This is why I'm speaking out. You know, I because I want my kids to have this social experiment. But if these people are going to be on that board, their kids have to be in the public school system. Their kids have to be in there. They were not. They should not be allowed to be in private school or homeschooled. Because once that happens, now their kids is on the line, because their policy will affect their kids directly. Now, how many of those school board members have kids in the school system in Loudoun County? No clue. Zero. I guarantee you, none of them have their kids in the school in in the public school system. Demis, can I say one thing? Because I know this this is off topic, but notice what Demis just said. They they want to corrupt the public school system, but none of them are in the school system. I'm sorry to go down. I, I just have to say this, Joe. Notice the people running the country in in Congress want to force us to take the jab, but they don't have to take it. They're exempt. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They're Postal workers, and the port workers. Look, yes. they are exempt to include yes. their staff. Yeah, to include their staff. You know, I saw I saw a story today, and I want to. You know, it's funny you say that because uh, Demis and I have got some announcements. We're not ready to announce yet, but uh, we're going to be covering more news and that type of thing. I saw a story today. I haven't had time to read it, but I think it said that Biden was going to scale back the mandate 
And it's not because of his good graces. It's because America's oh, Americans right. said no. <laughs> Americans said no. We're not doing this. Police, parents, uh, people are in the street. They're in the street in New York. I know. Black Lives Matter and MAGA people banded together upstate New York at a rally over over yep. mandate. Hey, one thing Biden did. One thing Biden did, he actually brought the left and the right together because of this stupid <laughs> mandate. <laughs> you know, I have to give him props for that because now you don't. And look, I'm not Biden. I doesn't even know where he is. It's not him. Gary, have you have you noticed something? Have you noticed there is no more BLM and Antifa riots? Have you noticed? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've Have you also I'm noticed gonna... there's no longer death tickers on TV and case tickers, COVID yeah. case tickers and death tickers? As soon as the election was over, all those tickers came down from all over right. the the news news network. All it's, of them it's, were it's Marxist fear mongering. You know, if they did a death ticker that showed every couple of seconds someone dies in a car accident, nobody would drive. The automotive industry wouldn't allow the big media, mainstream media, to post a ticker of automobile deaths. Of course not. They, they wouldn't allow it. Someone dying every couple of seconds. Are you kidding me? Then nobody's going to drive. <laughs> yeah, you think a COVID ticker is bad. If they had a ticker for that up there, if they had a ticker for medical malpractice where someone dies on a table or dies... Uh, in the hospital or sent home and dies. Yeah. Not because of malpractice, but actual like a mistake. A physician just made a mistake, misdiagnosed, cut the wrong thing, packed the wrong thing, left a, a, a tissue or something where it wasn't supposed to be, and a patient dies. And that that happens all the freaking time. But man, they had that, that COVID ticker up there. Going back, going back to my point, this is um, yeah, we'll take it back. <laughs> the, 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 the BLM and Antifa stuff died, okay? No longer on the street. No one's talking about them. They are the thing of the past up until the 2024 election. They're going to magically appear again. Oh, like oh, yeah. If somebody gets shot, they'll pop up because they and it just isn't it interesting at, at the drop of a hat, 20,000 people in 20 cities around the country. Gary, you, you no. mean to tell me, you mean to tell me for in this nine months, a, a, a cop has not shot a black guy? That made national news? I think there was one. <laughs> and by the way, they may like as Rahm Emanuel and Saul Alinsky, rules for radicals said, never let a good, uh, never, never let a good crisis go to waste. So yeah, of course. I mean, like uh, when it, when it comes down to reporters, what, you know, they have a saying: if it bleeds, it leads, mm -hmm. right? If it bleeds, it leads. Right now, it's not leading, no matter how much it bleeds. Right. So, so they could, you know, they could line up people and shoot them, and they're not going to cover it because it's not going to give them the rating they want. And if you remember the Haitians that were by the border, mm -hmm. all BLM had to say, hey, we're going to go protest. All of a sudden, overnight, they were all gone. <laughs> yeah. All gone. It's wild. 5,000 people overnight. Mm -hmm. uh, Joe, can I, can I make one comment? Please. Mind? Because I think this is important to get in. Because I know there's a lot of people out there talking about, why are these three people talking about God and Jesus and government. Don't you know that religion and politics don't mix, uh, which is my next podcast, by the way, do religion and politics mix God and government. But I thought it was very important to remind people as believers, because a lot of believers say, well, I don't know if I should get involved. But one of the things you have to understand is Romans 13, that God ordained government. He ordained government, and it was to be accountable to him. And the government's primary functions are to enforce laws by force if necessary to protect the people from evil, not to perpetrate evil itself. Then when you hear about the separation of church and state, please understand what it is. That's why we're in this mess now. The separation of church and state was never to separate government from God. What it was, Constitution, in the Constitution, Amendment 1, it says, quote, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion 
or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, which Jefferson, what they meant was, no, the federal government cannot deem one state a particular religion. Like, like you're not, like Maryland's not Baptist and uh, you're not Episcopalian. They, it never had anything to do with separating God and government. It just said that the government can't force everybody in this state to be Catholic, everybody in this state to be this, that, or the other thing. That's what it always was. And if you notice, until they started pushing back in the 60s, nobody had a problem with it. Then all of a sudden, gee, 200 years and it wasn't an issue. Now all of a sudden it became an issue. <laughs> Mark just can't allow for it. The first thing they've got to do is take down God. And the second thing they've got to do is take over uh, the schools. And if they can get the newspaper and the media... Then that's the cherry no, on top. As a vet, you left this. You left one biggie out. Uh-oh. You got to get the guns. You got to understand. Oh yes, disarmament. Oh guns man, because it, the uh. reason Cuba and the reason Venezuela and the reason they couldn't fight Mao, they had that. They took the guns away. So when they oh, realized yeah. you can snooker, when they realized you have a communist country and you want to take it back, you have a peace shooter and they have military style weapons. Can I get in on that for a sec? Can oh, I get yeah. on the gun thing for a second? Please do. Look. Oh, it's uh, Joe's show. I'm sorry, Joe. No, go, go I'm, for I'm, it. I'm giving Look. him the damn. So Australia, <laughs> have you noticed how, how crazy lockdown Australia is? Because nobody has guns there. So they can't even go out and, you know, because the government's like, okay, no, none of these people have guns. They're not allowed to own guns. And oh, they, they just announced yesterday, the day before, that their emergency powers, they're extending indefinitely, COVID or no COVID. Australia's off the hook, you guys. <laughs> right? And do, you go, go ahead. People, do you think if people uprise, what are they going to do? Do you think they can defend themselves against the, the police force and the military? Nope. No, nope. this you is would why we learn from from Stalin, Lenin, and Mao. You would think we would learn, but everybody says, why, "Oh, let's give it a shot, please." This is and this is why here we haven't had a national lockdown to a, to to that extent that people are going to go to jail if you walk out. It's because people here are armed, and because of the Second Amendment. Thank God. Thank God for the Second Amendment, because the Second Amendment was put there for tyranny. Tyranny. Attorney government, not mm-hmm. allowing the government to overstep its boundaries you to go. control your life. So now, I mean, look at the countries who have been disarmed, like you said, Venezuela, Cuba, uh, uh, Australia, uh, states like Canada. Iran, uh, countries like Iran. Um, th- there's a lot of other countries that have strict gun laws. Okay, so. And they're all government-run. They're all government-run. You can't... And what what you mean by that is those citizens fear their government. They are afraid of what their government is capable of. That is the uh, power of propaganda. So when you have a a system in place and you put fear in people's heart, okay? Putting Putting fear in people's heart is very easy. All you have to do is show some images or or speak of a very uh, uh, dramatic scene, and that's it. People feeling will change. In Iran, they will do the same thing. Like when there was Iran in Iraq War, they will show dead bodies, they will show explosions, they will show uh, how Iraq was not being humane towards Iranians and how they were just blowing things up. Propaganda. To get more people emotional, to get more people involved and join, and at one point what they were doing, what part of the propaganda was to send little kids to minefields to clear out the mines. And these kids would get like a little plastic key, and that they call that's the key to the, the key to heaven. So parents would send their kids as a sacrifice to clear out the minefields for the soldiers to advance further. That's the power of propaganda. Do you think there's no propaganda happening here? Oh, just wait. Everything You're right. Happens. It's about fear. When people are afraid, they'll give up liberties. We gave up our some liberties after the 9-11 murder. Look at what happened after this uh after this uh China virus was thrust upon it. Look at what we look at. We're, we're giving up, we're giving up more. When people become afraid, 
they're willing to give up freedom and liberty that they don't realize there's a good chance you can't get it back. And and the unfortunate and unfortunate thing is majority will bend to fear. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll have to come back and do an episode on propaganda because, like, we just scratched the surface on that. I would love to do a propaganda episode, man, because I got a lot to say about propaganda. I lived it. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, So, unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap this one. We'll we'll pass the commercial bucket around. Uh, I will go first. I absolutely, like, it's almost like there's a script, guys, but there isn't one. I don't think that making one would make the show any better. Uh, But Gary nailed it. Um, Merrick Garland in his official capacity as attorney general has lost his freaking mind with that memo where they're going to use the Department of Justice, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, to investigate us because we're the terrorists, not the literal terrorists and the sex traffickers and the bomb makers and the drug cartels coming across the border uh, and and the, the refugees, some who are legitimate, many who are not. Flooding in, they're not the threat. Homeland Security doesn't care about them. They care about us parents. Um, and this is this is part of standing up, okay? So me and five other parents are actually suing uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland in his official capacity. Um, so, guys, we, we filed this on October 19th. Um, it's, it's out for the world to see. It, it's been filed. Um Things are going to get pretty wild. That's that's just a fact of life. And if you want to help out with that financially, then you can go to my shop and order some Let's Go Brandon gear or or my funny uh, my funny Biden quotes. I really like this stuff. Um, speaking of Marxists, this is Martin Luther King quotes versus uh, smart guys like Ibram X. Kendi. Um, or we got Karl Marx and the, the King versus Clown shirts. So definitely something for you all to check out. That's thejoemobleyshow.com slash shop. Demis, tell us about your show. And then Gary, tell us about this new uh, this new podcast you're launching. You, you kind of dropped some breadcrumbs, but I, I want you to give it to us, the whole thing, the guest. Uh, so Demis, you're up, Immigrant uh, Corner. So Immigrant Corner... Uh, please tune into my show. Uh, go ahead, subscribe, and, and and hit the bell button when you get there. Uh, also, check out my website, realimmigrantcorner.com. We got some merch there. We're going to start putting out uh, some content in the in the website, news and whatnot. So it's it's an upcoming website. So bear with me. I'm putting more products as I, as I get them and I make them. Um, Gary, to you. Yeah, so the name of my show is United Patriots Uprising with Gary Binford. It's a podcast, and it airs uh, every other Tuesday. It's uh, high-profile conservative guests, and we deal with topics. It just uh, downloaded this Tuesday. The topic was Saving America. It's up to us, and the guests were Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, Mike Lindell, John DeLimmy, Sean Farish, and uh, uh, Lucretia Hughes on November 9th. God and government do religion and politics mix. It's already been recorded. The guests are Pastor Jack Hibbs from out in Calvary Chapel in Chino Hills, California. Nick Searcy, Star Parker, Bishop E.W. Jackson, Virginia Prodon, who faced down a communist uh, Nicholas Sescu's assassin in Romania, and Dr. Steve Turley. So it airs uh, twice a month. You can get it. You can go to radioinfluence.com or you can go to your favorite podcast uh, platform. That's where you'll find it. And uh, it's relatively new. Uh, the show that just uh, downloaded this Tuesday was the fourth one. Because previously, it was a live show. I got blessed, thank God. And I got national distribution. So now it is a twice a month podcast. Awesome. And guys, uh, Gary sent me kind of the guests and the write-up. You guys really have to get on and listen to that episode. Again, it airs on November 9th. Uh, Demis, I've been failing. I got to get your links, the right links in the description. I'll start with this episode. I'm going to put those links in the description below. Uh, If I forget, just text me or beat me over the head next time you see me. Guys, 
this has been a ton of fun. We will have to do this again sometime before too long. Uh, and and propaganda. I mean, maybe we're calling it that. That might be the topic of the day. Uh, but unfortunately, this episode has come to an end. Everyone in the chat, everyone watching online on Facebook and on YouTube, thanks so much. Uh, there's a good chance that I won't be on these platforms forever. So I highly encourage you to subscribe on Rumble or go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, that Plain Jane Audio podcast. Just because, I mean, who knows how long this will be on YouTube. Uh, that's all I got, guys. <laughs> it's been a well, pleasure and a blessing man. as always. Thanks for having me, Joe. And Dennis, I really appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity. The pleasure is ours. Thank you. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Joe Mobley Show. Remember to subscribe and make sure you don't miss out on future content. You can always show your support by leaving a review or making a financial contribution by going to thejoemobleyshow.com and hitting support the show. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show.